Hey, everybody. You are listening to Incorruptible Mass. Our mission here is to help you understand state politics. So we discuss why it is so broken, what we could have here in Massachusetts if we fixed it, and how you can get involved. So today, we are going to give a little bit of an overview on what the State House did this year. Um, you know, we're always so excited at the great work they're doing at the State House. We have nothing but compliments. Haha, uh-huh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, and turn to Jonathan. And if you just want to give me a little rundown of um, what the state house has worked on in an entire year of, of legislative, 160 legislators, um, full-time work. And do you want to do, do you want to do intros first? Oh, of course. What am I thinking? Ah, took one week off and I'm totally, uh, you know, just losing it. <laughs> just begin by saying, although we need no introductions. That's exactly right. Jonathan, go for it. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Cohn, he, him, his, uh, Boston-based activist, and with progressive, progressive issue and electoral campaigns here. Uh, happy to be here in our post-Thanksgiving, uh, weirdly, it's December already. Thing. <laughs> uh, Jordan Burke Powers, he, him, uh, similarly thankful to be here and cannot believe it's December. That's It is bonkers. Yeah, Anna Callahan coming at you from Medford. Um, can't believe it's December. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we would love to hear about what um, all of our 160 legislators and all of their many staff people have done in a year of work this year. Yes, and so like, this is an interesting thing to discuss, right? Because we're now in December and December is when you get all of your and like year in review, like your top, uh, your top movies, top TV shows, top books of the year. So it's a great time to talk about like what did, what actually happened in, in the state house with 160 state reps and 40 state senators over, over the past year. And, and it's also, also they're they're done, right? So they've gone. They're they're not meeting anymore. Yeah, they're not meeting again. They're not planning to meet again until the new year. So we're not like they're not like working hard against the clock uh, until the the clock strikes midnight and it's the new year, and then like some carriage turns into a pumpkin and all that. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're not planning to show up to the building that most of them aren't showing up to anyway because of COVID restrictions. Um, but it was interesting to think about, like, in a way, some of, in, in some regards, the timeline this session has has been a little bit off because if folks remember, they actually ran out the clock until the very last minute and then bend, bent time to go a few hours into what would technically have already been the new session at the end of last session, when typically they only go until the end of July in, a, in an even numbered year. And due to kind of all of the chaos with COVID, they end up ended up in their natural procrastination tendencies. They ended up going all the way up to that kind of first, I believe it's like the first Tuesday of January, I believe it was. But it's like the first Tuesday or first Wednesday in January. Sorry. But and all the way up to the end. And because they went all the way up to the end and they didn't have their natural cycle of bill filings in January and all that. So that got moved back. And so there's a way in which everything started a little bit more chaotically. Although 
other legislators can legislators can still manage to be productive in this gap. But so let's see, let's see what we actually got done. One of the earliest things that folks folks might re remember, and we had Cavill Eames from 350 Mass, the Better Future Project, to talk about it. Some was the climate bill, then that kind of next generation roadmap bill that passed uh, finally in March. That it was something that January of 2020 the Senate had passed off, and then in, in and then in I believe it was, it was July uh, of last year the House passed stuff, and they didn't come until an agreement until the very end of the session in January. And then Baker said that he was going to veto it, and they didn't have the time left because the session that like the the session of the general court that had passed that bill didn't exist anymore to override his veto. Wow. And so it took them, uh, but they did eventually pass it in March. Uh, but that was kind of at the, to the end of March. And to their credit, they didn't kind of back down when Charlie Baker was talking about kind of trying to weaken key parts of the bill in a kind of rare show of the legislature actually defending its own legislation against the governor. In terms of other things that happened this year, over a year into the pandemic, they finally passed a form of emergency paid sick time legislation. We're lucky it wasn't needed in the first year at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they finally passed a version of that uh, in one bill around kind of some COVID economic stuff back in, in the spring, I believe that was. As we've talked in prior episodes, new district lines for all of the elections that will be taking place in 2022 uh, that those those are drawn and that took some time took up a lot of time in the fall they advanced the fair share amendment to the ballot next year we've alluded to that in past episodes the kind of four percent tax on income above a million dollars with money going to education and transportation spending and that is and, a big deal that they actually the legislature has finally allowed yeah, it's, and it's exciting that that'll finally actually see its time on the ballot next year and then you had the um i think we can talk about a little bit the arpa funding bill arpa being american rescue plan where they much belatedly de decided how to actually spend the money that was coming from the federal government that they had free money and it took them a long time to figure out how to use it when other states had already figured out how to use it and so they ran out the clock, didn't actually have an agreement when they were actually in session and surpassed it with six people in the room, uh, <laughs> as happens. Uh, and then you have some stuff that the that one, cha one chamber passed and the other didn't. The Senate, as the Senate keeps doing, uh, passed the Healthy Youth Act, which basically just says that if you're going to teach sex ed in your school district, it should be medically accurate. It doesn't say you have to teach school sex ed. Yeah. You can still choose not to do it at all in your school district. It's just saying if you choose to, you should do it in a way that is comprehensive and medically accurate. And, and that has still not passed the house. Right. And that the the Senate also passed a strong uh, voting kind of reforms bill, kind of extend making vote by mail and expanded early voting permanent. Um, election day registration and improvements around jail-based voting. The, the House tried to do something over the summer where they took out the mail, vote by mail and uh, early voting parts 
to interest on their own, try to do them through the budget as a way of avoiding doing something comprehensive. But that's still something on, on the table. And that's, again, the, the Senate has passed Election Day registration many times across different sessions, only for it to flounder in the House. Although there are some things like the House passed that the Senate didn't, like legalizing sports betting. <laughs> so, um, that is just amazing. I mean, the Senate is passing these things that like are really going to change people's lives and, and improve things that we need. And the House passes sports betting. And I know that there have been other things that I haven't had. Like, I know that there was the work and I haven't, and I haven't followed as, as much around like the whole York Soldiers Home and some stuff around like mental. I can't remember if the mental health parity bill passed both chambers or just one. Just passed the Senate. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> the House is busy passing sports betting. <laughs> so the climate bill, which was really just trying to finish up what they were supposed to do last session. Yeah, it was kind um, just mopping up the last session. Mopping up the last session, passing sports betting, um, and dealing with the ARPA funds and redistricting. Yeah, um, things that were like, they were kind of required to do. Right. So I got to jump in and, and, and remind people that, you know, there is a cycle, right? It's a two-year cycle. And so the way that we do it in Massachusetts is we put, you have to propose all your legislation in the first couple of months of a two-year cycle, right? So if you have a great idea or if COVID happens in the middle of a cycle, what, anything that happens, like, you know, good luck getting something that is necessary but maybe isn't timed to one tiny section within two years. Um, and then, you know, we have a bunch of time where they, who knows what they do. And then they have hearings in the fall and then they finish the session and they just haven't, they don't pass things. And then it's not till the next year that they start getting things through committee. And then once it gets through committee, then it can be considered by the full house. Actually, it usually goes to more committees and then it gets considered by the full house. And then they end up, you know, putting things in front of the house at the last minute, thousand page bills, you know, all at once at the last minute. Like it, it's a crazy way to organize your legislature and other states don't necessarily do things in this way. So some of it is just the system that we have, which is designed to not pass anything every other year and to pass things only on the, the, the second year of the session. Seems, not yeah, nice. and you don't, and you don't have to do that. You could, you could hold a hearing, move it through <laughs> committee, and pass it at any time. There's no requirement that you wait till the exact last second, then complain that you don't have enough time, <laughs> then go past the time that you're legally supposed to do it. Create made up things like August first and August second, third and August thirty first are still July thirty first. And then try to pass things. Like, no one needs to act that way. You're all grown adults, but they do it anyway, year in and year out, as if time doesn't matter and there isn't things that they could be doing literally right now. It's the thing that was funny whenever back during the rules fight, uh, that was also something that this calendar year, that whenever re re representatives would say, if we gave more people more time to read bills, that would stall us. It would, it would be such a logjam of all of the things that we are passing if we had this, these additional, like, few days. <laughs> we would be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's because it's, you know, I think it's the other piece to all of this is just 
again, to remind people what could be doing, right? Like it's the, you know, the climate bill is good. The fair share amendment is good. The fact that the federal government, you know, I say this all the time because it's, I think it's worth noting um, because I, I, you know, um, President Biden was literally my last choice of anybody to be president. Like it's just down on the link, but you know, he is passing like Keynes, big Keynesian economic projects and they're passing things And our legislature can't even get it together to spend that money that other people <laughs> have, have, have gotten it together to put together for us to make our state better. Right. Like we don't do anything. And that's, it's just, you know, cause if you hear them talk, they'll talk about like, Oh, look, I got this money and we did these things. And, but it is, pales in comparison to the things that they could and should be doing to address all of the issues that are happening. Um, you know, I, um, and, and they just, they like, they just, they are like, Oh, we passed two or three things. Like let's close up shop. And, like, look at all the things we've done. Yeah. It's a failure of imagination. And I think the other pieces is just rarely pieces that have large, you know, have large impacts. They'll, they'll like, they'll, they'll pat themselves mm-hmm. on the back for sports bills betting. that have minimum impact. I mean, sports betting will have a large impact. <laughs> it'll make a, <laughs> it'll make a lot of rich people. Like Bob Kraft is about to, you know, he's we're going to be able to bury him like a pharaoh in his money, right? Like he's gonna, he's Scrooge McDuck backstroking and all the money he's gonna make <laughs> into sports betting. But. I want to, I want, I kind of want to see somebody with like doing um, draft, like a like a British street urchin, but with like DraftKings, like like please. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, they don't, you know, they're still not tackling, they're still not a serious attempt to tackle transportation. They've left it to mm-hmm. us to fund it, right? They've left it to activists to do a fair share amendment because they can't get it together to pass any sort of taxation. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they left it to us to push them to fix the education stuff. And they'll, and, you know, going into election season, they'll still be talking about that as if that's like, as if that, as if they've spent that money, but they haven't even spent that money appropriately. We still are behind on the money that they promised our schools. <laughs> even though we're in the middle of COVID, they still haven't done the things that they promised in the bill that they're all going to tell voters how great it is that they passed about education. Look, we did education funding, but they won't even fund it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't even fund it, right? So they don't do that. They're not doing education. They're not doing transportation. They're, you know, the big idea for fixing um, for fixing housing is zoning, and while we do need zoning reform, that ain't gonna fix it. <laughs> that's a small like, idea, right? Yeah, if that's and, the big idea, their costs are going crazy. up, and all these things, and it's just a, I just want people to remember that we could be addressing people's problems of how to get around, how to live, and how to have a job in the future. You know, just some basic stuff. Um, yeah, we could remember- address those things. But they're not addressing any of those things. Right. Remembering that like inequality in America is probably at its highest point ever Ever. in recorded history. Right. This is worse than the Gilded Age because COVID Mm -hmm. like exploded inequality. So it's not like everybody is doing okay. Let's pass. (laughs) And, and you know, we can talk a little bit, too. You say it's a lack of vision. And I think I think we could say it's a lack of leadership. Right. That we have said this before that, like the leadership, there's a group they're specifically called the leadership. That's what their role. That's their name. They call themselves the leadership. And like what their role is is to ensure that we don't pass bills. Like that's what they effectively Mm -hmm. do to ensure that bills do not pass rather than that bills do pass. And, you know, one of the things that came out of that uh, progressive Democrats of Massachusetts report that was so telling 
was this basic, it's a super simple concept. When you've got only six or eight legislators who are the only ones who actually get to read, write, interpret, and discuss and pass legislation, you can't pass much legislation. <laughs> like we need more than eight people working on state legislation. Like that is simply not a way that we can move forward. And you can see, you can see from what we get done that that's exactly what's happening. And I know Jordan, you had something to say a little bit about um, sort of the transfer of power and the fact that we we're doing the same things we were doing under DeLeo. It's the same broken cycle that enable that doesn't allow us to do anything for a whole year. Like we just have these hearings that people check out on and don't attend. Um, and they don't feel like they need to. And like the basic of the system has not changed. Um, even though I'd love you to talk a little bit about like how much it has changed. Cause I think you said there are a few things yeah. that you feel like have changed a little bit and that it's different from under DeLeo, but how much it really so, was not an election. Yeah. So, I mean, if the first thing to remember is that part of the reason for the delays in passing bills is that our legislature did an authoritarian style, like we could just plop, we could plop the Massachusetts legislature into communist China um, and just sort of like, you know, we didn't have a open election for who is going to run the body. They did a transfer of power based on a pre-selected um, leader for which there was internal discussions about eight years ago. <laughs> um, for the inevitable transfer. And if you don't know, the, the vote for the, the next speaker after the current one is basically about over. Like, that's how much they choreograph all of these things. They didn't do that in a timely fashion. They didn't transfer that power at the end of a session. They decided to do this in the be at the end of a session <laughs> while COVID is happening, while, while they're still, tr while they're faking a date, right? Like they're still open for business, even though the dates have passed. Um, they've decided, they decided to do a transfer of power then and let DeLeo leave, which is again, a no, like it, if, if, um, because the media has a failure to like really understand the power, like the importance of, of local government, you would write about that as a, like, this is a dystopian novel or at least a really funny episode of a show, right? Like they didn't, like they're just like, right. Yeah. Like imagine that you just have this transfer of power and a nonsense time and it caused chaos and people were infighting over it. Like it was just ridiculous. Right. So they did this transfer of power to the new speaker and, and it messed up their timeline. That's why the climate bill had to get passed in a weird time because it's why the, um, the criminal justice bill ha um, had this weird timeline because they were also doing this thing of transferring mm -hmm. power. And so DeLeo, you know, DeLeo was, was, is, um, if anything, he is a Baker supporter. He openly supported Baker. His pack moved with Baker. He basically made the state, the Democrats in the state legislature, a subsidiary of Baker's party, whatever sort of weird morass Baker lives in. The, they would just do whatever he wants. And the Senate was the only down. check. The what? Say it again? I say it's called Swamp Scott. You're like, yeah, the Swamp Scott. Yeah, the Swamp Scott party. It is the Swamp. Yeah, the Swamp Scott. You know, and he basically, you know, DeLeo openly told the reps that they were that they were that they were backing Baker over Gonzalez, right? Like they just openly warfare against against anybody who wasn't um, Baker, and so that meant that the State House basically did what Baker wanted. 
And it's interesting that it appears, at least in the beginning, that the current speaker does not want to go along with the old speaker's vision of politics. He did not create a PAC and then spend money with Baker, right? Like Baker just spent money with his PAC, but there wasn't a DeLeo PAC. Like there wasn't, you know, there's an occurrence speaker PAC, Mariano PAC, just sort of spending locally with Baker. So they're not running together. And when Baker proposed ARPA spending, the House basically said, no, we're going to do our own thing. And we're not going to do what they used to do under Baker, under DeLeo, which is copy and paste Baker's budgets. Well, you should drive me crazy. Because like, why are we copying and pasting a Republican's budget, right? Like, it just would, I mean, like, let's not do that. It, his budgets are terrible. And then they go back and they'd be like, oh, you know, we got to amend this at this 990 because we apparently, Baker, didn't spend money well. Yeah. So they'd always amend it because they're never looked at it because they're, you know, whatever. And he would just copy and paste to Baker Six. But the House was basically like, we're going to do our own process. We're not going to take your thing. And they did do their own process, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worst. But it is interesting change. So I don't know what it means pretends for the future, but it does. It appears at least Mariano is very much an institutionalist for the House and that he believes it should be a co-equal branch and not just a subsidiary of Baker's executive office. And so he is running it like it should do its own thing, um, which is interesting. I wish I, I look forward to him, you know, doing things. <laughs> I'll note that Jordan, what you're noting reminded me of one thing that was actually kind of a rare occurrence that happened in the beginning of the year was when you had those hearings at the state house around the vaccine rollout and how totally badly the Baker administration messed up the vaccine sign-up website. And it was kind of striking that like you actually had Massachusetts Democratic state legislators openly criticizing the governor on something, which you just, which as striking as it is, is rare. Like it's striking that that's rare. Cause yeah, cause the yeah. legislature's democratic. The, the governor's yeah. Republican. You might think that they would disagree. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> certainly, if certainly when you see states that are run by Democrats, Republicans aren't going along with that. Yeah. They are an adversary <laughs> party. The Wisconsin Republicans aren't like, we love this Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, just to wrap up a little bit on these bills that, you know, have moved or not moved and, you know, and all that, like a lot of the work that they're, that they purport to do, even when they talk about the work that they do in a, in a year, in the first year of the session is these hearings. Um, and, uh, you know, how many of these hearings for bills are bills that we've had hearings on two years ago, hearings on four years ago, hearings, the same bill six years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, how many are the hearings on the same stuff. A very a large percentage, which is what's really striking is whenever uh, the way in which it's talked about how much work that needs to be done for that when most of them don't show up to hearings and the, there have already been hearings on the same bill in the past however number of sessions. So it's not, you might have new information, you might have new speakers, but it's it's not like reps go into it not knowing the bill. It's not like there's a degree of unfamiliarity, of non, like non-willful unfamiliarity. It almost seems like, it, right? it seems like they're checking the checkbox, you know? Yeah. It's like, whoa, the next thing to do is to have a hearing. Check. That was our work. You know, like the, like it, the person who comes to the office, they don't want to actually do the thing you're supposed to do. 
but they just want to be able to check off that they did the thing that you said, the words that came out of your mouth, right? They're going to check yeah. that off. They're not actually going to accomplish things, but they don't want to get fired, right? So they're like, check the checkbox. We've had the hearing, which we had, you know, 12 other sessions in a row. Um, therefore, our job is done. And the thing that's kind of funny of thinking of things coming up so that they have a deadline, I believe it's the first Thursday in February, where they need to report bills out of committee. And that was, that was, that came about a few sessions ago when it's like, let's help us deal with our tendency to procrastinate and have bottlenecks. And let's give ourselves uh, a date in February where I think it was led by uh, Senator Sam Rosenberg when he was Senate president. All that means is that they pass extensions for themselves by that date in February. <laughs> because that means they need to take action. It doesn't mean like if they define taking action as passing an extension till July 30th, they'll pass an extension July 30th. Like there were even some absurdities last session where they gave themselves an extension to like December 31st. Like just say that you're voting down the bill. (laughs) Yeah. So bad. It is, it is, um, it is a good reminder that the, a lot of the excuses you hear from legislators about the why the is the way it is it's just an obfuscation from the truth which is they don't have any power they don't know what they're doing they could have power but they've given it up to the system for whatever measle whatever measly crumbs and they will definitely run on those crumbs and talk to you about how great they are (laughs) when they run for re-election to tell you that it's the best crumbs you've ever seen and don't ask any questions that's right (laughs) well we look forward to them doing more next year. <laughs> we should make we we should make our in a few episodes away when it's in January. We should do a New Year's resolutions episode. Ooh, I love it. Good plan. We'll make it happen. All right, gang. Thank you so much. Great to see everybody. We'll check in with you next week. Yeah.